Welcome in to This Is Baseball. I am your host, Brandon Johnson. Let's get into it. It is late June. The All-Star Game is right around the corner. And at this point in the season, I think you are who you are. Your record is who you are as a team. We're, we're about at the halfway point now. And, and I wanted to take a look at some teams that are surprising. I know I've done this before, but I want to look specifically at the New York Mets right now. The New York Mets are 34 and 41. They are 14 games behind Atlanta for the National League East division lead. Now, I'm not surprised that they're behind Atlanta. I have been saying this all season long that I think Atlanta is the best team in the National League and my pick to win the World Series. However, I truly thought that the Mets were going to be a lock to make the postseason. In fact, I was talking about this roster and I said, hey, it would be nice to be a Mets fan because, you know, you can pretty much guarantee with the roster that they have put together that they are going to be playing in the playoffs. And that has just not been the case. Not a lot has gone right. They are eight games back in the wild card race. So, again, we're about halfway through this season and the Mets have... A lot of ground to make up if they want to be talked about in the playoffs or for the playoff hunt. The Mets have been the victims of completely awful pitching and very, very average hitting. They have a team ERA over four and a half, and they have a team batting average of 240. So looking at how the Mets are performing this season and how it has been a disappointment and highly below expectations, I was curious of what their payroll was. So the New York Mets, this info is from SpotTrack.com, the New York Mets have the highest payroll in the league. At $343 million. The next closest team is the New York Yankees at $279 million. So they have the highest payroll and it's not even close. And they're seven games under 500 and way back in their division race. So I think the Mets have an owner, Steve Cohen, who is a fan of the game. He's a fan of his team. He clearly wants to succeed. He wants his team to win and be relevant. And I think he has just thrown all the money he possibly can at the Mets in order to fast track them to a championship. And I think what he is learning is spending the most money in the league doesn't guarantee you anything. He's essentially offering top players money 
if they're available. I mean, he was going to have Carlos Correa on their roster until that deal fell through. Carlos Correa is top two shortstop in the league, and he wasn't really needed on the Mets, but Steve Cohen was going to pay him. Steve Cohen is essentially doing what you and I do on MLB The Show and is turning off budgets and just throwing the most money at the best available free agent and trying to win the game that way. And last season, that was promising. They led the NL East for most of the year and ultimately lost it to the Braves and then didn't win a playoff series. This year, again, highest payroll by... $60,000 and $60 million rather. And it's not even close. Now, obviously seeing the Mets outrageous payroll, I was curious of what the major league leading Tampa Bay Rays payroll was. The Tampa Bay Rays are 53 and 26. They have a five and a half game lead in the East and don't see them giving that up anytime soon. Well, their payroll for this season, uh, they are ranked 28th, just ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, who are also having a fantastic year and are right on the heels of Tampa. And then the Oakland A's. Tampa's 2023 payroll is $76 million, just under $77 million. And Baltimore, we might as well use them too because they're having a great season. They're sitting at $67 million for the season. So it's a matter of building a roster, building a farm system. Now, the Mets have a decent farm system, but it's a matter of Baltimore and Tampa both consistently keep Their farm system's great. They evaluate the best talent. And they just, more so Tampa than Baltimore, but Tampa just is a machine of pitching. I feel like they have a Cy Young candidate every other year. Baltimore, you know, they have been kind of dormant for six or seven years now, but they showed up early last season. They were kind of an early surprise and gave you a lot of hope heading into this season. And they're looking like they're going to be walking into October as well. So I guess the story here is, you know, you can put together a good roster on paper with all the money you have, uh, but, you know, getting it all to work and getting everybody to play together and be successful is a whole different story. And that's what the Mets are learning this year. Now, with all that being said, I don't think that the Mets are just going to continually miss the postseason. I think, like I said, it worked last year. It won 100 games. It's just not It's not working this year. You know, the Mets, uh, they can't say that they haven't tried to put together a team that is built to win, though. The league average payroll is $161 million, and there's only... 
nine teams that have a payroll of less than 100 million. And five of those nine teams that are under 100 million are either leading their division, the Reds and the Rays, or they are in the playoff race. And this isn't me advocating to not spend on your roster. This is me saying that recklessly spending or aggressively spending just doesn't guarantee you anything. Now, I spoke about the Cincinnati Reds a couple of minutes ago. They are winners of 12 straight now and have a game and a half lead in the National League Central. And Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle. Rookie Phenom hit for the cycle 15 games into his major league career. And they took down the Braves. I have been talking about the National League Central a lot. It's a weird division, but I I hope Cincinnati keeps on the gas pedal and wins this thing because I think that Cincinnati is a historic franchise. You go back, look what they did in the 70s, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, you know the names. Uh, I just think baseball is better when a team like the Cincinnati Reds is relevant and playing well. And that's, you know, after about a decade of doing nothing, it's nice to see them back again. And again, they should be set up for a little bit. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Shohei Otani, Angels two-way player, Shohei Otani having another MVP caliber season. And when it's all said and done, he will be the MVP. He's got a three ERA, a whip of one opponent's average, 179. And that's just his pitching stats. I haven't even got to his hitting. Here's his hitting stats. 25 home runs. That leads the league. 59 RBIs. 298 average, 381 on base, 630 slugging for an OPS of over one. Absolute beast of a player. We've never seen anything like him. When it's all said and done, he's arguably going to go down as one of the best players ever to play in this league. So pay attention if you get a chance to watch him. It's special. So... Shohei Otani, again, he's great. He is in the final year of his contract with the Angels, which is going to put the Angels in a weird spot. So they are 41 and 36. There's seven back in the West, but they're a half game out of the wild card race. So trade deadline is about six weeks away. And the Angels are going to have a decision to make. You know, are we in or are we out? Now, obviously right now they would probably be in, so we won't really know where they're at closer to time. But I know that rental trades 
don't really bring back a huge haul most of the time. But I would like to think that it would be different with Shohei Otani. So if the Angels are in a position where they do not feel like they're going to make the postseason, they should absolutely trade Shohei Otani and get everything they can in return out of him. And if you don't trade him, you better make sure that you are guaranteeing that you are going to make the postseason this year. Because you have yet to do it with them on your roster. And the time is now or never. Because I don't think that he's going to re-sign with Los Angeles regardless of whether or not he stays at the trade deadline. I think that a team like the Dodgers or Yankees, I know the Mets are going to throw their hat in the ring. I think somebody is going to pay him an absolutely absurd amount of money to play on their team. And I think it's going to be north of $500 million for however many years. Um, He's going to be the richest player in baseball and maybe in all of professional sports when it's all said and done. I will be curious to see this offseason how fast he signs. Will he sign in, you know, late November, early December and just get it out of the way? Or is it going to be a week from spring training before he signs with the team? I think it's probably going to be, I I imagine he's probably going to be one of the first free agents off the board because of the teams that are going to want to be in on that. They're not going to want to focus on any other players uh, before they know what's happening with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is far and away the best free agent that's going to be available. Uh, this free agent, upcoming free agent class, isn't terrible, but it's definitely not great. You have pitchers like Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw will be available again. Great pitchers there. You have, I think, Matt Chapman is the best third baseman that's going to be available, which is a solid pick, but you could have had Machado, but San Diego locked him up, so he will obviously not be available this fall. It makes me want to go and look ahead to see who's available in 2024, and looking at it, it looks a lot stronger than this upcoming class. You have players like Pete Alonso, Paul Goldschmidt, just a couple first basemen right off the rip there. Jose Altuve will be available for the first time. And Alex Bregman, so two cornerstones of the Astros dynasty will be available. The pitching will be great too. Shane Bieber, Walker Buehler, Corbin Burns. Garrett Cole has an opt-out that I highly doubt he takes. 
Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin probably can't wait to get out of Washington. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of money is going to be going towards pitching. And then you're going to have Juan Soto. That I I don't know if San Diego will keep him or not. I think they're obviously going to try their best to, but he's another guy that a lot of teams are going to want. But that's some stuff that we can spend some time on when it gets closer to it. Right now, just as a reminder, your division leaders are the Tampa Bay Rays for the AL East, Minnesota in the Central, Rangers in the West, then in the National League, Atlanta is leading the East, Cincinnati again, they're on a tear. They're leading the Central. Arizona. Arizona's got a two and a half game lead on San Francisco, actually, in the National League West. And the Dodgers, who I picked, are third. And those Padres are eight and a half back. Until next time, I'm Brandon Johnson. Thank you for listening. This is baseball.